Welcome in to Paydirt Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Will Dundon, Nick Trucial, Seth Coggin, full house in here tonight. I feel like it's been a while. Last week it was just me and Seth. Was it maybe it was me and Nick the week before? I don't know, but we got all three back in here. Plenty to talk about. We were just mentioning, you know, it seemed like a pretty normal weekend, like nothing crazy. But then the more you dive into it, there's actually a pretty good amount of storylines. Yeah, we're deep. I mean, yeah, November is just the teeth of the schedule. Even like non huge weekends is still just full. It's full of the meat. You know, these are these are a slate of six SEC on SEC games, you know, and every conference is that way. Um, Good stuff happens. Good games all across the country. The the non like true highlight weekends sometimes end up being really the best football weekends. You know, sometimes you have some top billings, you know, a two versus seven and, you know, just some really, really big matchups. Um, but I tend to think that the weekends that sneak up on you a little bit are the ones where, you know, nothing was billed as this crazy big game, um, you know, with true national championship implications, really. Um, but still just great football weekend. Got to dig in, um, you know, kept kept moving towards the, towards the playoff. And Tennessee keeps marching right along to uh, to making that playoff which is mm-hmm. just – just I, I think I'd like to even pull up uh, some of our preseason sound clips um, and just kind of see what we were realistically – I mean, we're, we're homers, but, like, I don't even think we homered that hard. No, I said – Seth's lagging. Oh, uh, here we go. I, I remember saying I think this is an eight-win team. I was like, and everyone should be happy with that, you know. There's improvement. I think Tennessee fans are getting ahead of themselves. Trusha was like, no, 10 and 2. And guess what? We were both wrong. We both undershot it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, it looks like we both undershot it so far, I should say. I shouldn't not go ahead and knock on wood there. But no, how yeah, does I mean, that feel? Like Tennessee is, unless something really, really goes wrong, they're, they're going to be a playoff team. I mean, it's awesome. Even the fact, just the fact you play teams that you are better than. And you beat them by 40. That is awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, finally, what feels like should have happened in 2016 is actually coming to fruition. Now it's a lot different because we, I don't think we have even close to the amount of talent that we did across the board um, in 2016, especially on the defense. I mean, you could say receiver and QB, but that's about it that we have better right now. So um, it just feels amazing that Tennessee – uh, I think I saw they have a 60% chance, I want to say, right around a 60% chance of making the playoffs at this point um, with, obviously, Ohio State and Michigan playing. And then hopefully TCU loses to Baylor. But, uh, I mean, it's not looking not looking great. We'll see what happens. Yeah. They definitely could. I think shout-out to TCU because they do keep constantly getting, like, every single week it's like, all right, well, they're losing this week. You know, yep. all right, well, they're going to lose this week. Oh, okay, they won that one. But, you know, on the road at Texas, because Texas is some juggernaut that, like, is just the greatest team of all time. Oh, they'll never beat Texas on the road. Of course they did. I think they've probably won the majority of their last 10 games against Texas. Like, yeah, the shout out to them for just every week, just being doubted seven, and just coming back. Getting yeah, the seven, seven point dogs. And they go in and just take over. 
Yeah, take over. Controlled the game the whole time. Texas had no chance. Yeah, the um, receivers on Texas are terrible. There was a lot of drops, and Quinn Ewers just looked not in sync. I don't know whose fault it was, but their offense looked horrible. Put up a whopping three points. Had to get that scoop and score to, to put up any numbers. So, not good for Texas. Think, it really uh, has been the same storyline, like, over and over. Like, and I even – like, I saw Texas play Bama, and I was like, dang, Texas is really – Their defense really is legit. Yeah. And you see Quinn Ewers throwing it around, but, I mean, he hey, he's still young. Like, he's not all the way there yet, probably. Yeah, there's still holes in the – I mean, they haven't been – I I mean, you can fact check me on this, but Texas, it's not like they've been recruiting – the same as what they're probably used to. Like, I don't think they're just yeah. have oogles it's and oogles been, of talent. It's been fairly high, I would think, but maybe not quite like, you know, Texas standard of high. But see, I, and you know, it's funny you bring that up. I, this weekend, as we were watching um, that game in the evening, um, we were just kind of talking about recruiting rankings and how we feel like Texas athletes get a huge bump uh, from being in Texas. That's a lot of times why you see, you see a class like Texas A&M you know, number one rated class, and they've been in the top like five. Well, look at their actual roster right now. Just because those guys came in as a four or five star, like they're not necessarily, I don't know, they just get a bump from being in Texas. Um, And I think that talent may be just uh, overall, there are a lot of good players. I'm not trying to say that, but I think overall maybe just a little overrated. I think think the talent is just a little like overhyped coming out of Texas. Um, And so a lot of times, even if Texas's recruiting class looks really good, it's because, yeah, because, the 20 players you took in state all have a bump. That's like a star above what they really kind yeah. of, you know, the kind of player they really are. Um, and so that's, that's where I kind of always stand with. And I think it, it validates itself um, looking at Texas and Texas A&M's like recruiting rankings the last five, six years. Um, and then also looking at how they all finished up like very mediocre. They have recruited like national champion teams, like teams that could compete for a national championship on paper but they haven't had the results at all to resemble like a team that's really an elite, um, elite team, especially, I mean, yeah, let's, let's just, we can even jump to A&M right there. Just go down to Texas. Like look at A&M had so much hype around him. Oh, on paper, so much talent. And, you know, even if your coaches were bad, you should still be winning, you know, just supreme talent alone should get you probably like six and six with just like a decent coach. I mean, I'd say more than that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's obvious that it's obvious that maybe the talent was a little overhyped. Um, now a lot of like their number one recruiting class, those guys are all freshmen. So it's like kind of a little hard to be too judgmental on their development as like, you know, a class, but uh, just saying they've recruited in the top 10 in the last like four or five years um, and, and no, 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 no results to show for it. You're three and seven losing on yeah. the road losing on the road to Auburn, who just fired their coach. They fired their coach two weeks ago. You're five years into your program, and you they put up 13 points at home, and you can't win the game. <laughs> Dude, tough. Ooh, that's terrible, yeah. Ooh, they're so, in. They have not bowl eligible. For I, I was seeing some stat. It was the first time ever a team has gotten a number one recruiting class to then the following year not be able to make a bowl. Jimbo setting records, baby. That's amazing, actually. First time ever that the number one recruiting class has not made a bowl the following year. Dude, I was so right about the Aggies. And I hate, like, I hate that Arkansas even lost to them. I think maybe that's, car- like, it was just karma for it was me. It karma. 
I was so right about them being. You were so right, bad. but at what cost? Yeah, but <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Like I would have rather them be eleven and one, but lost to the Hogs. Like it doesn't give me any joy to see them suffer if we can beat them. If that makes sense. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But yeah, that's three and seven. And I mean, what's going to happen now? Like I don't see them winning a couple, like any more games like LSU. They're not beating LSU. Are you kidding me? That's another L and I don't know who the other team that they play is, but let's just even say, all right, let's just say they go one and one finish out and go four and eight, four and eight Jimbo. You're five. You think those guys are staying, dude, that program seems so toxic right now. Like I'm dipping. I am dipping. They play next week and then LSU. They should go one and one. Oh man. Oh, well, yeah, UMass, UMass is actually – UMass is what, like one and nine? I think I think they actually are like one and nine. So, yeah, I think they might might handle that one. That'd be amazing if they lost that one. Yeah. You know what it was is like uh, the couple games I saw Anim do well in was they got the QB bump. They make a switch to a different QB, and it's before you even know how bad they are yet, and it's – Kind of like, well, this guy came in and maybe he's going to be the spark and their offense does just a little bit better before regressing to the means again of being terrible. They got it with uh, when they put Max Johnson in against Arkansas for the first game he played in. It was like, well, this guy might be decent. Like, you know, he might have a little something in him. And then they played that Connor Wegman, the fresh. uh, They put him for game and like the offense did a little better. And they're like, well, maybe this guy's the guy to really run the show. Um, And then they all just end up tanking off because. I don't know, Jimbo, the quarterback whisperer, offensive mastermind Jimbo. Uh, I don't know what playbook he's reading from anymore. I, I would love know. to say I, I hate that we have to do this, but Jimbo just keeps losing. So yeah, he does. Like, we, we've tried to get off the train. No, I hate like, that we have to do this. I really hate it. I hate that we have to do this. It brings me zero joy. It brings me <laughs> absolutely zero joy to do this. I hope our listeners pick up on that. We'll see. Oh man, I'm sure yeah. they did. I'm sure they will if they've been listening long enough. Yeah. Well, shout out, hey, but if for real, shout out Cadillac Williams. Like winning. I know we're kind of clowning Jimbo a little bit, like deservedly, but no, yeah. To just Agreed. like to just rally the troops. Interim coach is like not an easy job. Those coaches got fired. There's only one part of it that is sometimes easy is that people are looking for a change. So like, I think sometimes interim coaches, the team does uh, react to them fairly well because they're like, Oh, this is fresh. Like this is new. We were looking for something different. Like obviously no one was on board with what was going on. So they're, they actually are pretty adaptive to change. Um, but everything else is going against you. Like, the, pro- the coach got fired because the team is bad. The program's in bad shape. Yeah, it's yeah. in the bad program. Shape. Like not yeah. just like yeah. a roster or like some bad play calling. Like everything is down right now. Yeah, that's a very that it is bigger than the, just the team because if the team's good, the coach might get a promotion or something at the end of the year. You know, go, might go take another job. But getting fired in the middle of the year means you are. It is things are bad. Like fans aren't showing up. You know, the team is bad. There's no buy in all that kind of stuff. So to, you know, turn it around. And obviously even in week one, Auburn showed out a little bit, you know, at least looked better than they looked all season. You know, it's his first game. They look better than they've looked all season. Um, and then in week two, it gets, a, it gets an SEC win. Like I, who cares who it's over? Like that is, that's a testament to, you know, you've got, you've, you have, you know, sparked some kind of positive change. 
Um, so pretty cool to see. Uh, I, I don't know if he'll get the shot as – I don't really know his true coaching, like, tenure. I don't know what he's been doing, if he's ready for a true – you know, Auburn's a big-time job. And I'm not saying – I, I, I wouldn't say they'd be wrong to let him go for it, you know he's proven more than anybody else. That's a candidate that he can spark some positivity around Auburn. Um, so maybe roll with them, you know, roll with them. And if it doesn't work in a year or two, like, and it's pretty obvious he's not cut out to be a true head, like right now um, you could walk away then. But I think, I think if he proves something these last two weeks, I mean, if they could be Bama, you definitely keep it. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that pretty much gives you like an automatic bid. It's like, hey, we got to throw this guy in the mix. It also it does depend on like who else they would have out there. Like, they definitely wouldn't settle on him at Auburn just because you know he won a game. Like that's cool, but like, all right, you're not our guy long term. But it's kind of hard too. Like, do you want to lose a guy like that too? Like now the the fan base has, dude, the fan base has rallied around Cadillac for real. Oh, I'm sure already and already a legend. Um, and he's bringing like energy and just, you know, a win to the program. Um, so like, can you, can you keep him on staff? Because if you push him off staff now, that looks bad, you know, when he's just stepped in and like kind of taken the sword for Auburn and then now he's out, um, totally, um, I don't know. Very, yeah. Very similar to the Mickey Joseph situation in Nebraska, like former player, not as quite, I mean, Mickey was uh, like, he has great highlights and everything. Like he was good at Nebraska, but so, but I don't want to compare him to Cadillac Williams career, obviously, but same kind of thing. Like a guy, the players really like a real players coach. And I assume Cadillac's got to be like a great recruiter as well. I don't know that specifically, but same idea. Like Mickey comes in, does all you honestly saves Nebraska from at least the worst season in school history. Like you were seriously staring down a one win season and he comes in and at least gets two big 10 wins. Um, Do you just like, let him go like just with everyone else. And I think that's what the Huskers are at least trying to figure out a way to retain him, even though he probably won't be the head coach. I'd have to imagine Auburn, especially a guy who is a former player, legendary running back. I'd have to imagine unless he wants a bigger position would at least be able to stay in coach running backs. I'd have to imagine he can do that pretty well. Yeah. I I think that is pretty, I, I think he probably would, you know, even accept that like, okay. Yeah. I mean, let me just go back. But it's kind of hard, man, even though he's probably perfectly happy to be the running back. Well, now coach. he's like, hey, he gets, I can kind of do this. Yeah, no, he gets he's like, wow, I'm a head coach. Like I'm winning games as a head coach at Auburn. Like, why shouldn't I be the head coach at Auburn? You know, and I I couldn't really or like it's it's hard to step back into. OK, now I'm just the running back coach. I don't know. Kind of like a power. It's a power dynamic kind of thing. Uh, not in a bad way, like anybody's in not a bad way just kind of difficult interesting i think being players even makes it different um yeah they were figureheads of like it's competitive too yeah so we'll see we'll see i'm glad that they're having to deal with it not me to be honest although i am in full-on there's there's kind of um there's some different stages of fan irritation at the specifically the coaching staff and I'll be honest, I try not really to um, ever really put too much like blame or like uh, throw shade at my the players at my university. OK, they're playing for Arkansas. They're wearing they're out there competing for Arkansas. OK. I really can only 
you know, throw shade or criticize, criticize, especially the guys making millions of dollars to coach my football team. They're the ones who I believe should be putting in, putting the players in the correct position. Like, yeah, I can hope, I can hope a player makes a good play. I can hope they do, you know, they catch the, catch a great catch or something, but I can really only be irritated with the coach for them being in position, out of position, um, and being prepared. I think preparedness is a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on the coaching staff. Like, yeah, it, the players need to help. The players need to work hard to get prepared, but it's on the coaching staff to do whatever it takes to make sure that is the case. Um, and there are two kind of stages. There's there's the final stage where you're like, yep, got to go. Burn it all down. <laughs> Head coach, he's out. Like, we need a new regime. Like not just uh, there's not just some changes. Like ev- the change that needs to be made is everything. Like everything's got to go. Um, and I'm not. I'm definitely not there yet as a Razorback fan. Like I've seen where when a program's truly desolated. I've seen what. So far from there, it is a uh, you know encouraging. Um, but I am to the point where we, shakeup time needs to happen. Um, it's a third year that Arkansas has had the same two coordinators on offense and defense. And um, I'm to the point where I'm going to be as a fan, I'm going to be satisfied with a coordinator change at the moment. The coordinator change is going to tide me over. I think we've gotten a little stale. It's, we've had, we're having some issues on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think these problems have kind of arisen. Um, they poked their head in years prior, um, these issues that we are going through. Um, but they have become too apparent. Uh, And I think Saturday, the Hogs lost to LSU 13 to 10 at home, playing their backup quarterback, albeit. But um, I think it proved which side needed, needed the change in my head. And we, you know, they may end up cleaning house and going two new coordinators. Um, Very possible. Sam Pittman's been around a long time, well-connected. Like, you know, I'm sure there's two other guys that would come in and, want to do a pretty good job Yeah, that he's probably worked with yeah that he's yeah. worked with at the, in the past that would would come in and do something good but you know barry odom defensive coordinator has been kind of much aligned all year they haven't been great well he comes out and they play back to back you know they had a shutout in the second half last week they only allowed 13 points to lsu you know really strong defensive performances that say my unit is still bought in my unit is improving my unit is making plays my unit is keeping us in this ball game Against um, one of the hottest teams in the country. Yeah, too. against truly – and their yeah. offense has been rolling. Um, so, you know, just a very impressive performance. Uh, and, but then our offense is just complete stagnation. Um, it has gotten just – it is not improving. Um, and the mismanagement of the quarterback situation has even made this even more apparent. Um, and that – like the a QB situation, like mismanaging your personnel is – lies fully on the coaches like I was kind of saying earlier like being prepared so Arkansas played a hobbled KJ last week against Liberty wasn't quite himself couldn't quite run you know what just wasn't 100% you know you respect him trying to play you know you were but he hadn't practiced all week just came in and played the game you know we see quarterbacks in the NFL do that kind of stuff you know Steve McNair used to that's pretty much what he did he just like would grit it out with whatever he had he'd go out there and play the game and so i don't 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 hate it but then come this week but last week is against liberty if you play your backup quarterback quarterback against liberty you probably have a better chance of having some success 
you know, you probably have a better chance, especially running quarterback to run your offense, you know, have success on the ground, make it manageable for your backup quarterback. Well, instead you played your hurt quarterback last week. He obviously got even more injured to the point where he could not play this week against LSU when you really needed your star quarterback to be able to make some plays. Okay. But didn't you need him last week as well? Well, yeah, but we didn't need him at 80% or whatever he was. So you think like you are you saying like the backup and that's it? Because y'all lost, right? Yeah, we lost the list. Yeah, but so we might have lost with our backup too. But I'm saying like he would have had backup more- at a hundred percent is better than KJ at 80. Um, if it's gonna knock KJ out of further games down, okay. that, that's really yeah. my thing. I gotcha. Like, if if you get him, because I mean it's possible he misses this whole like if you get him healthy for the LSU and Ole Miss game at home that we really need him to win. Like let's ride with our backup and see if he can spark like Malik, you know, his speed is his biggest thing against Liberty. That's probably more, you know, a, a advantage than it is against LSU. They well, instead, enough- yeah, you got like a double whammy. Cause yeah, you exactly. lost and, you, and KJ is now out for more games that now you have a greater chance of losing. Exactly. So that's really my, my issue is it, with it is that you play the hurt guy one week and when you probably, and who knows, we might win the game with Malik. Cause he like KJ was not himself. Like he wasn't making yeah. plays that he, like that was kind of the issue too. It's not only was he not healthy, like it affected his performance that he wasn't. And, and I know he's your guy, like he's your number one. He is our best quarterback. I don't think anyone would debate that, um, but you can't play him and risk him getting hurt. Cause you just, you just did it. You just botched it all. Because then you play a quarterback that doesn't really give us a chance to win against LSU, you know, because you got your guy hurt last week against Liberty and still lost the game. So just like of those are that's one very specific situation, but just a there's enough talent on the team to not well first of all not lose to Liberty, and that's really on the off like it's become pretty clear that the offensive side of the ball is the problem. So hey, before you get rid of Pittman, like we got to give Pittman some credit for for digging us out of the mud, um, give him like, he's not out yet. You know, he's still, we, he's still got us. Um, but I think it definitely will be, you, you will see some shakeup and that's what you need. You can't just accept, you know, this in year three of this whole program and then, you know, be content with whatever happens in year four, because it's probably not like, it's not magical and bounce back to like really good. Um, there's, there's really good offensive coordinators out there that could do a really good job. Um, that would love to work with the pieces we got going now. Like shout out to Bryles for coming to Arkansas when we were garbage. Like he had no like he did kind of build a really sick, like pretty effective SEC offense for the last couple of years. Um, but sometimes we got to cycle on. People do catch up to that kind of stuff too. Like you know, like people, <laughs> the more film you have on you, especially at one program with the same players, the easier it will be to stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, anyway, that's where uh, I was at the Arkansas game. A lot of fun. 11 a.m. The recipe was there for the upset, like we talked about. 11 a.m. It was cold. It, it snowed the night before. Um, we just were missing the main ingredient, KJ. Okay, they would not. I didn't know. I don't think. I don't um, think Vegas knew. <laughs> well, he okay. And th- this is another frustrating thing. And I, I, we'll move past it because it doesn't. Arkansas is way out of the national conversation. It don't really matter at this point. But KJ dressed out, okay, right? Yeah. And it was like – it was kind of known that he wasn't playing, but he he was able to dress out and technically was our emergency quarterback. And then I'm like, what is that? What are we even doing? 
if he's healthy enough to be your emergency quarterback, isn't he your starter? Just like it, like if he can play at all, isn't it's not like a concussion. Yeah, well, when or something. you're playing, a, yeah, especially when you're playing like a great team, like a top yeah. ten team, uh, that is an emergency. Like you need yeah. your best player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is, it is an emergency. emergency situation. Yeah. So it's like, is he like can can he physically play the game or not? Like, what is yeah, your no, deal? Wait, that's hilarious. Yeah, no, they looked at it like. LSU was, you know, Louisiana Tech, and it's like, okay, we'll let the backup play, and then if he struggles a little bit, we'll throw KJ in to make sure we went. Like, no, like it's time now. Like, yeah. you got to throw him <laughs> in just, there. Like that's what it say. It, that's what it screamed to me last week was like desperation that you have to start a hobbled quarterback, KJ, against Liberty because you think you might lose with your backup quarterback. Like, I think that's literally what the fear was last week is that, oh, if we start our backup quarterback, they, like they obviously have seen this in practice. They know he's not the guy. <laughs> yeah. um, so if you're like, well, if we start him against Liberty, we might lose. But it's like you just double whammied yourself by messing it up on the front end and it screwed you on the back end. But then he's your emergency quarterback. So is he actually healthy? Like, what is the deal? Anyway, total incompetence. <laughs> Fire the offensive coordinator. That's what I'm on. Like, I have finally decided. I've been. I've tried to. I, I try not to even be too critical on coaches. Like, they're trying to win. I don't think coaches are like trying to lose games. Like, you know, they're not trying to be idiots. I mean, they do some idiotic stuff, but they're not like trying to fail most of the time. I guess. I've, it kind of feels like Jimbo has taken a nosedive. Like <laughs> he, he actually he is like taunting. He is taunting like A&M to fire him. It feels like at this point, like once the tables turned, he's like, you know what? If it's going to be this much pressure, I'm going to be this much heat. I'm going out with a bang. Like they better fire me now. I'm going to cash that extra 10 million for no coaching. Yeah. That'd be he's pretty, pretty much. That's like what kind of mentality. If a, if a contractor or like your job said to you tomorrow, okay, we're Dude. signing you to this 10 year contract. You're going to make the exact same amount, whether you actually work here for all 10 years or uh, or you don't. It, dude, yeah, I wouldn't do anything. Like, No, I would have got fired. fired. Thanks for that fired 90 million. In. Yeah. And it's not, yeah, it's it's money that is the rest of his life. And it's like children and grandchildren are fine. Like, it's generational wealth. Texas A&M just promised to Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the dream job been like a lot of people i think buck rising and like a couple other people have been saying i mean it is a dream job to go to a big time school get a huge guaranteed contract and then, and then bomb with yeah basically just quit trying and you got a bomb fast too like yeah. you got a bomb pretty spectacularly and fast and you can't cheat yeah you that's can't all, cheat. that's all you got to do you can't cheat and that would be funny there's definitely an oh my, i just unlocked like another like this Jimbo story is definitely going to get into like some cheating scandals. Like Texas A&M is going to do whatever oh. they can to dig into like him cheating and recruiting or something. Oh, yeah. They're going to try to fire him with cause. Oh boy. Yikes. I hope Dude, you have not to. been cheating. Yeah. You got to try. Gosh, that would be, that would be so much crazier. But yeah. Okay. And the fact, I- my thing too is, we we talk about it too because it's so much money. It is ninety million dollars or a hundred million dollars, whatever it is. But yeah, the way you broke it down, Seth, like if you right now, like if you told me, hey, you could here's a ten year contract for like my job, like not anywhere close to that amount of money. If you but if you're still like you're gonna make this whether you work well or not, like it is the same thing. That's where like 
you yeah, can really break this down years. to normal, like layman's terms, like normal people's yeah. situation. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Let's say fifty thousand. You're fifty thousand dollars a year. All right. Yeah. I get a five hundred thousand dollar contract. This contract is valid no matter if I get fired tomorrow or I work for you the next ten years. I get this much money. Of yeah. course, I'm going. I'm going a wall in the first month. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're firing. Yeah. I might just do some crazy stuff for yeah a month just to pass some time and then I'm out. Crazy. Awesome. I want to tank, but you got to tank so hard. Like, and he really has taken a nosedive. He worked hard enough to get that Bango extension. Like they already paid him Buku at the start, but then he did just enough. <laughs> took advantage of that COVID year, uh, a nine and one record during the COVID year, and then got that payday and said, all right, we're tanking this place. <laughs> we're going under. The only problem with the whole with cause thing, because, yeah, probably you'd have to gear it towards some kind of recruiting thing. And the problem with it is now with all the NIL stuff and with all the boosters, quite literally just giving these guys money, it's like you then you, – you'd have to be putting yourself in a bad situation moving forward as well with the NCAA. Because then if you admit to like doing something wrong, it's like, okay, well, then we're going to like be paying attention to you for the next 10 years because you're A&M with all the money. Yeah. Yeah. I got a I got a question for you, Will. So Nebraska fires Scott Frost before like his contract was about to go down significantly in like three weeks. It was going to go from. uh, Did they have to pay him? I think it was. Either I was thinking it was somewhere around 15 15 million dollars extra, I think. Yeah. So my thought was like, now that you've seen that they haven't hired a new coach, like it's not like they. Does it make you wonder like why they went ahead and like fired him then? Like, I know, Um, I know that these like these have they have big budgets and like they can pay for this kind of stuff and they have funds set up to do this. But like, seriously, I mean. This is a flag. Yeah, because you flag, can be because like, you can be searching for a coach while he's still coaching. If you're Trev Alberts, I guess, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just makes well, it just makes me wonder, like, why they. My only thought was if they wanted if you didn't to have ahead, someone ready, yeah, yeah, why didn't? Yeah, no, that's a fair question, and I don't think I know the answer to it. Because um, I mean, it's not. I mean, now you could say you know because Nebraska probably doesn't win two. I don't know. They probably don't win two of those games. You know if frost is still there so maybe maybe that is what you're saying like look we just gotta we gotta get rid of like i think that has to be part of it have well they did want to have some chance at saving a season and yeah think about it you did have i mean you had oklahoma and you're like okay we're gonna lose this which turns out oklahoma's not even that good that's what really sucks about that one but you also knew you had indiana and rutgers coming up and it's like okay if you go out get trounced by Oklahoma you're already whatever your record is one in three with Scott Frost and the players know this isn't going anywhere mm-hmm. you probably don't win those two games either so maybe it was just kind of a hey let's give it over to Mickey who we know is an amazing recruiter and a players guy that they'll get behind no matter what even if they do lose next week by a ton of points and at least save us from the most embarrassing season of all time yeah. And the money isn't what I'm more intrigued by kind of your point. Like the money isn't what bothers me because I don't think $15 million in the college football landscape to a big time program really is anything, but it is kind of, why didn't you have someone ready 
if you were going to do it so early? Because that is the perceived uh, kind of direction you think they would be going yeah. is, okay, you're firing, so you can go ahead, get out, get your coach, and we haven't named one yet, which I mentioned to you all before. There's a lot of rumors going around over the weekend. I saw D- – and it, it's funny because, you know, I'm pretty tapped into Husker Twitter. So, like, when, when it pops up, like, it's everywhere. And this weekend, I started seeing Deion Sanders videos everywhere, like about why he's coming to Nebraska. And that one, Deion's just hard for me to believe. I'd have a really hard time seeing Deion at Nebraska. I would full-heartedly support it. I think that would be awesome uh, just because it is kind of out of the blue, and I'd be interested to see what happens. But then we heard a ton about Matt Rule being hired today and obviously didn't happen. So I don't know where all these rumors get going, but Seth, you said it. There's nothing like – being a fan on Twitter during a coaching search. Yeah, it gets it gets Fun. nice and rowdy. It's not like the funnest. I think everyone's just any day uh, it could happen, and that's what you you're thinking. So yeah, especially when the rumors hope get, you get Yeah. See, that's how I knew you know, I knew the Vols would be back because even during their coach because a coaching search said time in a program. It's the bottom. Like, and going through coaching searches is like, holy crap, we are we are down bad. Like, we need a guy to come in here and really turn things around. Um, so you really see who's there, you know, itching for su- some success at rock bottom. You find out who's around, and uh, it does just get rowdy, and the rumors get flying. Uh, when the Vols go through a coaching search, it is like it is DefCon one on Twitter. Like, it's awesome. Things are crazy. Oh, yeah. When the groomers, nothing, nothing was like the groomers. Like that was one of the John Reed camping out at the airport. (laughs) Back when, uh, back when Periscope was huge, he was just on Periscope and there were thousands of people watching this man eating his Wendy's in like the airport parking lot or whatever, just waiting for a a private jet to fly in. (laughs) Just (laughs) epic, epic stuff. And people go to just crazy links. Well, and the same thing happened. There was a Lincoln flight or not Lincoln, Omaha flight tracker. The private jet came in from Cincinnati and then went back. So everyone's like, oh, Luke Fickle coming in. And then someone shows a picture of the private jet and it's like, it looks like a Toys R Us jet, like it's neon green. And we're just like, I don't think this is, I don't think this is Luke Fickle. Oh, that's I'll be damned if I didn't send it to my dad and my brother immediately. Even after looking at the picture, I was like, look, there's a private jet that came in from Cincinnati. I'm saying it's Luke Fickle. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get so attached to ca- candidates too. Like we'll we'll be, we'll hear one guy's name and it'd be like, oh, I'd really like like that yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. Um, that'd be awesome if he was here. So, um, just a funny process to go through. It really does kind of bring the fans together, and, and you just you get your guy. Um, but the rumors just, I mean, when you get well, my you know my brother's. Uh, it's literally like my brother's coworker's uncle works in the, you know, athletic department and, as a janitor. You know, and he said that, uh, you know, whatever he has said, Hunter Yurichek was meeting with Lane Kiffin, uh, at the Ruby's steakhouse or, you know, it's just, dude. I have a very, always... very similar. This was a real tweet from a guy said he was on a jog in New York wearing his Nebraska hat. And some guy yelled at him across the street saying his like friend's sister works in the athletic department and they were making turkey club sandwiches, which is Lane Kiffin's favorite snack. Oh my God. 
So be, pay attention, Lane Kiffin. You cannot get that kind of stuff anywhere Lane else. Lane Kiffin wants to football. come home. He was born in Lincoln, baby. He wants to really? come home. Yeah, dude, because Monty, uh, I think I think Monty played there and then was coaching there when Lane was born. Mm, a mm. little extra tidbit, huh? Lane did. Yeah. Hey, let's not forget the press conference where Lane said he wanted more fan support. I'll tell you what, he get the fan support in Lincoln, Nebraska. That would be, I would be down with that. I've I mean, always honestly, been, I, I always like Lane. Dude, let Lane get the offense for three years and and then bounce. Like you know he's not gonna stay there around. That's okay. Yeah, build me up. Give me a yeah. give us a stepping stone. Build us he's up. He's definitely, then... dude. He's leaving Ole Miss. He's definitely okay. I don't know where Ole he's Miss going. Is not a good job. Like I no, heard multiple not. I heard this from multiple people this past weekend. Like they think a lot of people think there's a real possibility possibility Lane Kiffin takes this Auburn job and then in like two years is in Tuscaloosa. That's what I could so imagine him doing. Like that'd be awesome. I would love thing. it. It would be so funny because it doesn't really affect me. Like, okay, like it's not like he's going back to Tennessee and then going to Alabama. Like, no, he's going to Auburn and then going to Alabama. So just going from Auburn's program and then heads to Alabama to just keep just whooping on Auburn. Going to Auburn to Alabama would be next level. I think if he goes to Auburn, he will never go to Alabama. I don't think. I don't think they would take him at that point. I think, but I don't think he's. I don't know if he. Part of me thinks he would be the guy after Saban, but part of me thinks he wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. I think like (laughs) slapping big time programs in the face is so amusing to me. Like you're Auburn. It's not like even even Ole Miss is like, in my opinion, like a step down from Auburn. So it kind of makes sense him going like a pretty good job, I'd say. Like it's still a slap in the face to Ole Miss saying like, no, you're just not at this tier. But like leaving Auburn would be a little bit of a different level. You know, like that would be wild. Yeah, that would be. uh, No, the only way he could really do it is actually if he beat Alabama at least once or, you know, one out of two times. And then, then he was like, I'm coming home. And then he just whooped up on Auburn for the next 10 years. Well, because you know, Saban, here's what I think is going to happen. Unless it's Lane Kiffin. <laughs> but otherwise, I think Saban is either got someone on his staff or is going to bring someone on his staff that he wants to hand it off to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've said, we've, we've definitely talked through that before, but I think he will have his hand, his right-hand man in place fairly soon and he may already be i don't think anyone i think this i think he's gonna go through one more cycle of some new coordinators and one of them is gonna be the guy to get it in my in my head and i Um, will say i mean he does really like lane like they have kind of a weird relationship but he likes lane kiffin he does he does but lane couldn't lane couldn't take him down on on saturday night I mean, no. everybody's always talked about Dabo going back to Alabama, but I don't know no if that's chance. I just don't so, see that. Why would he leave Clemson? Be so dumb. First of all, he's built that. Like, I don't think he has any more uh, – at this point in his career, I don't think anything would pull him more to Alabama. Like, just the fact that he played there and everything. Like, he's been at Clemson long enough and built a program where, like, that is home to him. Yeah. And also, you are going – it's going to be so much tougher. Like he's in a spot, he's going to keep getting at least top ten, most likely top five recruiting classes year after year, playing easier schedule. Like he's got yeah. it made. If he makes it's like one more playoff in the next like five years, like it doesn't really. Like he's around Clemson, they're not going to just start bombing. Really, I don't see yeah. them really going downhill. He may even have like a bad eight and four year, 
And it's like, we're still Clemson. I know we won a couple natties, but like, we're still kind of Clemson. That's not the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, um, you have Alabama fans that are like, want to fire Saban right now. I think it's they on should. the message boards. I think they should. <laughs> I think they should too. I think. I mean, that would be, that would be the funniest thing in the world if Alabama ever fired Nick Saban. Like that is the dumbest thing they could do, but Alabama fans are not stupid enough to want it. Yeah. That did y'all watch a lot of that game, that Bama Ole Miss game? I watched a good amount. I watched the second half. Yeah, yeah, I watched a pretty good bit. A lot of people were complaining about the refs, saying Ole Miss got really screwed. The refs I mean, suck. Refs not are just really. garbage. The, the refs screwed Alabama when uh, they had that scoop and score that was clearly a fumble by Zach Evans, and they just blew the whistle dead, you know, similar to a play last yeah. When uh, Tennessee had a scoop and score, and it was just yeah, they love doing that for Ole Miss. Why would you ever blow the whistle? That's just incompetence. Like you're trained to know to let those plays go out, just in case you can always. Re- it's so easy to review it and say, "Yeah, he was down," or you know, whatever. Um, but letting those, like, cutting those plays off is the only only way you can like mess that up as a ref, and they do. They just can. Refs are just consistently terrible. Like, and they do a. I'm going to give them a compliment at, for a second here. Like, they do a fairly good job on some things. I guess that's like a backhanded compliment. Like, they do a fairly good job on some things. But, I mean, there are so many hard calls, like, in the midst of a football game yeah. to, like, get everything right. But they are, like, time and time again, they do just display pure incompetence. That's like, this is just wrong. Like, how can you be so wrong? Like, there was a spot in the Arkansas game the other day where – you know, he was a yard short of the first down. Like he legit, he was a yard short of the first down, but they marked it on the field, a first down. Well, then you go review it and they never really review spots unless it's like a knee down. Like, I don't know. Sometimes if his knees down, you get a good, cause he got thrown out of bounds. It was an out of bounds kind of play. And it was like, how, how can we get this so wrong? You got it wrong on the field and you see it and you know, it's wrong, but you can't confirm it's wrong. Like in the, it's just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous how, how, how much they're able to fail and just no accountability, no accountability for the refs. I will say that that is my uh, coaches have post-game interviews. You know, they get questioned on all their stuff. Everybody gets questioned, but refs are untouchable. It's true. You're on, you're on. Yeah. The, the refs should have press conferences after the game, just get railed by the media for like, maybe not even media ball. fans. They should answer to the fans, not even the, they like that could, I, that could get ugly because I know a lot of just like hick fans that get mad at the refs, like no matter what they call people them. do, dude. People love getting mad at the refs. Yeah, it is so... Like no matter whether the play was called right or not, you know, some Alabama fans are going to be like, like, well, that rat, he was holding the whole time. I mean, uh, he was holding the whole time. Dude, I've got I've got two that just reminded me of there's nothing worse when you're sitting at a game like you're you're at the game. I'm in Neyland Stadium. I've got two stories, both from the Alabama game. And there are some fans around you that just don't have and I don't need everyone to have like the highest football IQ. But there are some things it's like, dude, you have to know what's going on. We <laughs> Tennessee. Do you remember? Uh, tr- well, you both watched it. But Trusha, do you remember we kept like pooch kicking it? Yeah. So Alabama couldn't return it. Yeah. Like and this guy, on like the third or fourth one, just goes, 
man, this kicker cannot kick it out of the end zone. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, I literally said, I'm like, it's a pooch kick. Like he's doing it on purpose so they can't return it. And then, uh, dang it, there was another one. I got to I got to remember it. Um, shoot, I don't know. It'll come to me later. But gosh, I can't like get over when fans are just like totally have no idea and are just yeah, complaining. Totally oh, oblivious. yeah, I, I know what it was. It was uh, they the fans started yelling because so when the offense subs in, the defense then gets time to sub in, you know. So if yeah. the play clock's down super low, the defense wants to take their time to sub so you get a delay a game. And yeah. Tennessee was doing that. And all these people around me are like, get off the field. What are you doing? And I literally like start yelling. I'm like, no, this is a good thing. Like they're going to get a delay and they throw the flag and everyone looks at me and is like, oh, nice. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's how it works. Oh, that, that, you know, that is fun. And it's funny too, because when things aren't going good, even the Arkansas, like even your own fans are starting to test you with each other. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's like people start getting irritated at other Razorback fans or, you know, just like when things aren't going good. But I think it was more fun, I guess. And I'm, it's probably going to sound like just really douchey of me. But like I know football, like, you know, I know football more than the common, especially the common student that would go to a game. Yeah. And I would say and people would say stuff just so remarkably wrong. And I would just love just like yelling even like I'm a pretty loud guy, too. So like. You know, I just kind of alpha the situation, you know, he says something <laughs> wrong. I'm like, no, you're absolutely wrong. Like, you know, we should like, I don't know, just situations like that. Like, no, we should be going for it here, you know, or, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, kind of fun to just, you know, be the bigger football guy sometimes. Yeah. No, this is, you know, or, Fans or say it is be wrong. yelling if they don't know either. Like, like you were saying, Will, it's not that big of a deal if you don't know football, but don't be screaming and acting like you do if you're completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have no idea what's going on or you're like, or you're blackout drunk, which I mean, that's just like something that does kind of come with the territory is like some people are just screaming and they don't, they have no idea. Like they're, they can't even see the game that's going on. <laughs> they have, they have no idea how to process anything that they're just saying something that they heard eight years ago that might apply to a football game. They're just screaming it back out there. Yeah. Um, I could. I will say one more because it came to me as well. I remember Husker fans, you know, they love they love their quarterbacks taking off and running, you know. So the big thing when Adrian Martinez was there, anytime there would be any space at all, like the entire crowd would just yell run. And like he's like taking his time waiting and everyone is just like, run, run, take off. And I'm like, no, like there's a man open downfield and he launches a bomb and it's complete. And I'm like, we have got to stop yelling. Like there's 90,000 people yelling at this guy to run. And there's like five guys <laughs> running open downfield. Like we've got to stop that. Like if I was down there and you, everyone starts telling me to run, come on, like, like, take yeah. off. Oh man. That's yeah. funny. Let's you move know, on to uh we'll move on to another game. Uh, I wanted to talk about Will Levis real quick since we're yes, talking. That's exactly where I was going. Kentucky yeah, future, Vandy. future Indianapolis Colts QB one. He'll be perfect for the Colts. That would be amazing. I would love if they draft Will Levis first round. I can't wait for Colts fans to like totally get behind it too. Oh, if they, they have the past three quarterbacks dude, they've had. When they like, draft, when they draft, I will hold a parade. I will legitimately hold a parade when they draft Will Levis in the first round. Colts announce so funny. How would just be amazing? Uh, he he is. Atro- <laughs> it's atrocious. I don't know what. I, I don't know what 
ever, ever why it started on him being a good, like a true pro pro. You know how many, you know, how few quarterbacks are pro prospects, like true. They talk like talking about him, just having eyeballs and talking about him higher than a guy like Hendon Hooker or even like KJ Jefferson, like, like even have, what are you, what sport are you watching? Like what intangible, like, or just measurables and stuff matters so little once you actually get on the football field. Like, well, if you're not good, they don't matter. Like, yeah. Oh, anyway, Kentucky just lost. Vandy had a 26 game SEC losing streak. I Dude, think. props to Clark Lee. I yeah. can't say like I love Vandy, but I do really like Clark Lee, and I hope he like, you know, I is he respectable. Well. I hope he's respectable. I'd love seeing. Vandy winning three SEC games a year would be perfect, like in my head. Win three a year, and then if you win three out of four of your uh, non-con games, you're going bowling. You're going six and six. You're getting to a bowl and having a good season. That's a really good season in Vandy, which, like, obviously I'm not even trying to be, like, sarcastic about the state of their program. Like, I think if you're going to a bowl game every year at Vandy, they're totally happy with it. I can't imagine there's – first of all, there's not enough – huge Vandy fans and the ones that are would kill to have a bowl game every year. Yeah, they really would. Um, but yeah, shout out to Clark Lee, uh, Kentucky frauds. They just are. They're just a fraud of a good football program. Yeah. I was just looking at some mock drafts here and I saw Will Levis going to Carolina at six, um, CJ Stroud going to Indy at four, but there's kind of been a, some pretty consistent, quarterbacks in the first round but do you know who i just saw this is cbs going to the titans in the first round bryce young I, that, that would be amazing i love both of those but they cbs had jalen hyatt being picked in uh wow. the first round by the tennessee titans <laughs> i mean we do need a receiver yeah draft another one that would just i suck. think <laughs> I, I think the titans back uh, i think the titans need to draft a third round quarterback for the rest of time. It's like every year, every just year wait till you hit the sleeper. Yeah. Cause wait it's, till you hit the Dak or the Kirk cousins yeah, or something with, with Brable. It seems like we are never going to be a number, a top three, four draft pick. We're never going to get the can't miss guy. Yeah. Might as well get, you know, a pretty good guy. The we, tried to, brand. we tried to almost do that with Malik and you know, it's probably not going to work out. I'll be honest. Like, it doesn't seem like he's going to be our long-term quarterback. My, he doesn't actually seem like he has much chance of being our true long-term quarterback. I think he's going to be playing in the XFL pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, he looks horrible so far. <laughs> but I, no, I heard it best long. explained. Uh, so my boss at work, his dad is like a longtime high school football coach, which I mean, you know, isn't saying a ton, but I mean, it is. He knows like he knows, yeah. he knows football and he knows, he knows ball. Like, yeah. So he just said, you know, he said, you know, you see Malik out there and there were multiple times he was at the game and he saw him drop back. Uh, this is a cup. Well, he wasn't okay. He wasn't at the game. Sorry. Cause this was a couple weeks ago. You just see him drop back and his eyes are like wide open. And he said, that is the biggest like lights on nobody's home. Like, no, he has, he has no idea what he's looking for. Cause he didn't have to like, he, he didn't have to make reads in college. And that's what a lot of people were concerned about. And we kind of brushed it off. But that's really what it is. I think he just doesn't have it. Not saying he's not smart, but, like, he's never had to do it. That's not something you can just pick up on the fly now that you're in the NFL. Yeah. He just looks nervous. 
happy feet out there. I'll give him like one more shot next year, like a whole off season, you know, a whole gone through a whole season. That's fair. Has legitimate NFL film, you know, has gone through, you know, then goes through, goes through another training camp and another off season. And then, you know, at that point, I'm pretty confident like it's not, but you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of giving him another shot, but I'm also saying we should draft another quarterback to keep developing. Like, you know, hopefully he develops faster, can come in and do something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a kind of bizarre strategy to say like, yeah, every year I'm going to draft a quarterback <laughs> from rounds two to four. Like I'm getting a guy, um, but I don't know, maybe it could work out. Like we, we do, that is, we are in and, Shout out to Ryan Tannehill for coming back, getting the win. Looked pretty good. Not not at the gates. Our offense looked like garbage. And we've seen that from time to time. But, you know, came back and threw for almost 300 and a couple TDs. Actually, like the week before, the same – well, not the same wide receiver group, I guess. But same wide receivers essentially went on the road and didn't even catch a single pass. And then, you know, you had one guy with – this week we come out, all that changed was the quarterback. And, you know, got one guy with over 100 yards receiving for the first time all year. Traylon had a few catches, you know, spread the ball around and actually had some wide receivers make plays. Uh, and I think that is a <laughs> I mean, <laughs> only thing that changed is the quarterback. So um, well, instead, even, you mentioned you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, just talking about having Traylon and the fact that whatever you think about him, the guy is a freak athlete. And I finally saw them hey, let's throw a swing pass to him and just let him do the work and see what happens. And there were a couple of times he did that, made some guys miss or broke a tackle or something, and it was a first down. Yeah. I'd still, uh, speaking on Traylon for just a second, like, it was great to see him out there, and I think he does add an element to our offense that we don't have without him. It's like an actual playmaker, like one-on-one, this guy could make, like, could, you know, yeah. is capable of making a play, an athletic and a freak play, like an athletic play. Cody Hollister literally yeah. cannot do something. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> something Cody Hollister cannot do. Um, so just even Westbrook Akine had a good game, but he didn't feel like he's got schemes way open, like to be open. Um, you know, even that one he scored on was a flea flicker where you know that's just a busted coverage, uh, which is great. Great, you know, one positive play design I'd give Todd Downing, um, you know, to do something like that. But it's not like he's just going to be one-on-one winning matchups constantly. But, you know, having having your actually healthy is good. Obviously, it improves things. And um, the really impressive defensive performance from the Titans. Minus, what, five starters legit? I think literally we were out like five starters. We were mm-hmm. out Jeff Simmons and Bud Dupree, two of our top four interior guys for sure. Um, out your out your number one corner, um, out one of your starting linebackers, um, and there's and and out one of your starting safeties. So yeah, like five um, are gone about you know their offense is pretty, pretty weak, and Russ is just cooked. Like what has happened? I'll pose that question to you guys. What has happened to Russell Westbrook? He's just lost. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, you just called him Westbrook. Well, yeah, let's just say it's Russ the is the same situation. Yeah, it's the same exact situation. What has happened to Russell Wilson? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Like, I can't – you can't tell me his whole time in Seattle was just Pete Carroll, you know. Like, there was – he was obviously really good. He threw a bunch of really good balls. He was a great quarterback. So, 
I don't know. I mean, Judy, Judy got hurt pretty early, right? The old line ever... was decimated too. I guess, man, but like he did get sacked bad. six times. But see, that was always his big thing in Seattle is like he doesn't get sacked very often because he avoid like even though they had some terrible O lines, and he would just always be able to like evade avoid pressure and get the he ball slow downfield. Yeah, he probably. I mean, he probably has lost a step, and that matters a ton when that was a big part of your game. Yeah. Um, and now when he's just, you know, think about it, he really is kind of a short quarterback with, like, not the greatest arm in the whole world. Now when he's retained to, like, being in the pocket, he just doesn't – he doesn't see downfield very well. I think you've seen that several times. Is And, you know, part of that is probably offensive scheme. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're really the best set of coaches. That is a first-year group of coaches there. Obviously, like, obviously they're not really maximizing, you know, the offense – um, but there's been plenty of times this year and some against the Titans that just missing receivers that are open, like stuff that a, an NFL high level QB and a guy you pay $240 million has to be able to see and do and react and make those kind of plays. Like he was just terrible. That Help. defense that we ran out there was not that good. Like no. that you got to take advantage of that. Um, and they couldn't, the defense just shut them down all day, which was awesome. Um, it gives me a lot of hope in the Titans, just like this defense is legit. Like, and if the defense is that good, we can, we can hang with anybody. If the defense oh, yeah. is that good. How um, old is Russ now? What? 34 or something. I was going to say like, I was going to say like 30. Yeah. Like 33, something like that. I mean, you have to remember. It used to be once quarterbacks 30, gotten yeah, kind he's of those, 34 this month. Okay. Once you got in those mid thirties, like you kind of were at the end of your career. And I think we've just gotten so used to Brady the Brady's, the Rogers. I mean, there's, there's even more, I mean, even obviously Peyton wasn't the best like his last year, but even the year before that, he had a really good year. Well, he won a super bowl in his last year. So I mean, no, I know. Yeah. It was still serviceable. Like in his, I mean, with a Broncos team with an amazing defense, but my point is like, we're so we got. I don't know. If this is like a good Andy excuse, Dalton. but you you and got kind of like spoiled with three of like top five to ten greatest quarterbacks of all time. You know, just continuing to be good late into their years, and you kind of have grown to expect that out of good quarterbacks now. And I yeah. think it's just. I mean, I would never have paid him that much, knowing he's like thirty three. I'm not. Especially a guy who, like you said, Seth, is so uh, relies so much on his running ability. Like, yeah, he has to lose a step. Like, he's older. Like, it's not going to be. Yeah. I think I'm curious as to where we are with Ryan Tannehill. Um, and that's, I mean, I know we spoke a little bit to our future QB situation, but to, to me, we are on the precipice of a decline for even him, I would say. Like, I think. I kind of think I don't know. He's probably under, I think he's under contract for two more years. Is that correct, or is next year his last year? If next year's his last year, I, mean, I would say they let him play it out. I think and, guaranteed money is gone next year, but I think he has two years after this. I want to say. Okay. Um, I think next year will probably be his last year. I don't know. I'd honestly, at some point, and maybe that was a gross overreaction to the early part of this year, but I was thinking it, this needed to be his last year. Mm-hmm. But I think he's still kind of shown it. Tannehill throws – Tannehill's a pretty good quarterback. Like, he, he does make some – he makes pretty good decisions. 
for the most part and and he can make a pretty like, good ball like he he can throws, make yeah. he can throw a deep ball like that's all you need i mean yeah and he can make the throws you want him to make he's typically in control of the offense which is a big part of being a quarterback like he seems to be managing the offense you know comfortably um so i don't really know we are just kind of in we are such a, in a in limbo. Weird, we are in a weird spot with just how we run our offense, the type of offense we run and like the type of offense we want that we kind of are the type of offense we want to be. And he is good enough to be our quarterback. But at the same time, it's like, well, if we really wanted to be even better, we could try to like, we could get better. <laughs> I think the, I think the downfall was just not, is not having the weapons. Tannehill had 40 touchdowns to seven interceptions one year when he had AJ Brown and Corey Davis, like, two good receivers like a pretty much a clear number one and clear number two then you had some other guys that were pretty solid as well guys that fit in the offense anyway like Humphreys was serviceable you know guys like that there's probably someone I'm missing as well but you go from yeah it's not he's not one of the best quarterbacks in the league but you're also not giving him any weapons to throw to like what if you put him in an offense that has three really good wide receivers you know yeah and I'm I'm all for you mentioned drafting Jalen Hyatt. I don't know if he's who will end up drafting or what, but I'm all for getting more high level receiver talent. I oh, think it yeah. opens. I mean, it helps out everybody. It helps out that way. Yeah, when you put in Malik Willis, he's not absolutely screwed. But like we set him up for just terrible failure. That's true. By throwing him out there with our, like no wide receivers. Yeah, that could that could actually make a play for him. Um, and they proved it. I mean, like they were dropping balls out there and yeah, it's a big drop. Some Malik dimes. So yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not fully out on Malik. I just don't, I'm, I want, I, the thing is I would wish he was just the guy that I wanted him to take the reins of the offense, but I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it happening and being a really productive offense. Yeah. I don't either. Smart not yet. At least. Do we want to uh, preview the upcoming game a little bit since it is a short week? Yeah, Titans pop play, to it. Titans playing Lambo on Thursday against a Packers team that has life. Just yeah, came back and beat the Cowboys. Cowboys. Playing – this is a another player safety issue for me. Playing an NFL game on a Thursday and then a Sunday seems absurd to me. Like, seems like a health hazard. Um, you mean going from Sunday to Thursday? Yeah, Sunday to Thursday is so short of a turnaround to try and like go play another football game at full strength. Well, you can't even practice really, because <laughs> a lot of times you take off till Wednesday after a game. Yeah, yeah it's like okay, are we going to do a walkthrough? Are we even going to do a real practice? Yeah, there's no real practice. Which and in the, in the NFL, it's different. Yeah, the the film is the biggest part, and they will practice. You know, they will go they will go practice, but like, yeah, it's not it's not much. It's not much because, I mean, in the Titans, they got to travel um, yeah. and everything associated with that, too, which is pretty easy. You know, traveling when you're part of that team is you know, not too hard. It's not like uh, it's not like normal people trying to travel, you know, across the U.S. And then, you know, have it, it's pretty comfortable accommodations um, yeah. that they're working with. Um, but still just something you got to do um, now. I guess it helps you a little bit on the back end. Um, you get a little bit extra rest before your next game, but just kind of not my not my favorite for our team to play on Thursday nights is, is kind of what I'm saying. 
Because yeah, I, I, look, imagine... I, look, I will look forward to it Thursday and be excited when that we play it on Thursday. As fans, like we don't really think about it, but think about if you went through a full NFL game, like your body, and even for world class athletes, your body needs at least a couple of days to recover. And at yeah. a high level, like hit the ice bath, hit the saunas, hit the massage therapist or whatever. Shout out to Sean. Like, <laughs> you know, you have to. Like you have to go through all that and be ready for like the upcoming game. And when it's on a Thursday, like I have to imagine what you, I mean, will they practice Tuesday? Cause Wednesday after a travel day, probably practice Tuesday Tuesday and even Wednesday morning. morning. Yeah. 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 Walk through Wednesday morning, travel, get there Thursday and, or get there Wednesday night, sleep, get maybe a little, I don't know, maybe do a walkthrough kind of day of. Do teams, uh, you think they go back on Thursday night after a game like that? Or do they go? I think so. I think you go straight to the plane. Yeah, they are going charter and everything. Like it's so, so much faster of a process than, yeah, I'm sure players, I'm sure players would like rather do that too. I don't think they need to like go sit in the hotel and sleep and go the next day. Like they'd rather probably just get home. Yeah, even like if it's a half hour flight or something. You guys might want to go a little crazy though in those new cities that they're traveling to. Maybe you get a choice. That would be cool. I don't. <laughs> Only if you win. You get a choice if yeah. you win. You get a choice yeah. if you win. If you want to yeah. stay and party, Vrabes will be driving the bus back. Everyone else <laughs> hop on the plane. Yeah. It'd be hilarious. But I hope they can take care of the Packers aren't, you know, they haven't been very good this year. They and our defense the, is so good. Play, they did like, just beat, yeah. Yeah. They just beat the Cowboys at home, but not, I wasn't that impressed with that win. Um, they kind of needed it, you know, big game against the, I think it's the NFL. Anything could happen. The Packers, they still have Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think the Titans are the better team overall for sure. Right now. It's a good Um, matchup. It is a good matchup. We'll see how much of our defense is back. Um, part of me thinks that they held back a little bit last week because they're like, well, we have a short week. If we hold them back, you know, they might be able to play by the next game um at least some of those guys but i don't i don't know uh it does worry me that we've got it worries me in general that the titans consistently for the last three years have played like the most players in the nfl like we deal with injuries at a much higher rate it seems like than other people yeah is that like a strength and conditioning problem that's what i want to know seems like like it seems like there's some issue and that would be the biggest thing like or practice like our practice habits are they like are we hitting enough? Are we hitting too much in practice? Like, what is what is holding us back from like having, you know, guys healthy that are able to stay healthy throughout the year? Um, and maybe some of it is a little bit like maybe the Titans play a little bit easier with guys not playing hurt. Um, you know, we we don't want people to play hurt and really extend those injuries. So, yeah. you know, if it's week eight and you're not feeling good, you're out. And then hopefully by you know that keeps you healthy for the rest of the year, whether than trying to play you hurt for the next couple of games and you're not really being yourself. Um, maybe there's a little bit of that. I don't know. Um, you would have to maybe think of something. I mean, something's up with just how consistently this is not just, this is, th- this is we the th- third year in a row. We pretty much lead the league in number of players on the roster, like through the year, um, which is not a good sign, not what you want to lead the league in. Um, but shout out Vrabes. On the other hand, we just keep rolling out dubs, like just rolling out dubs. Uh, so let's see. That's I don't. You guys know what the line is for the, the uh, Packers game? I, I bet it's 
like Titans one point favorites. Uh, I don't know. I bet Packers are about favorite, aren't they? Too. I bet it's like two plus two because it's in Lambeau. Bay minus, yeah, it's Green Bay minus three. Yeah. I think yeah, the Vegas sees the teams at about even, so home field advantage gives you three. Yeah. Which is, I mean, fair until you get like, I mean, that makes sense as a betting line. I think Tennessee is the better team, but even the better, better teams lose on Thursday nights on the road sometimes. So oh, yeah. good thing is at this point, and we're in kind of a weird spot just because we do have pretty good. If we just win our remaining, even just two out of three of our remaining division games, we've pretty much won the division. Um so, and we're probably still not going to win the AFC outright. Um, It'd be tough. Especially because we've already lost to the top two teams, so we would not have the tiebreaker with them. So we're just kind of in like, well, we're going to, you know, win our division and not be the one seed. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter. We'll get to host, record. most likely. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to host. Well, we obviously, if we win our division, we'll host the first round of game. Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, trying to get to that where you're hosting the second round would be would be cool. I don't see us finishing in the top two, so could be wrong. But who knows? Yeah, I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't even know like what that would because someone said like if if the playoffs started today, we would be hosting Buffalo <laughs> first round. What? That's just that feels wrong. I know. Are they not winning the AFC East? Yeah, they are. I don't know. They just lost. Yeah, but they're still winning. No, no, the Dolphins aren't winning. Yeah, the Dolphins. Dolphins are number one, and then uh, Jets and Bills are tied. Or Jets That's are wild. Ahead Jets are ahead. No, of because the, I swear to God, I looked at it today. Dolphins are seven and well, three. That'd Jets be fine. Three. I, I'd like another shot at the Bills, and honestly, playing them at home would even be better. Who cares? We just we're just gonna get to the playoffs and we're gonna have to grit out a win, like like we do. Yeah, like it. We're just gonna have to win like we do. It, it's a shame that our offense sucks. It's a shame that Todd Downing is a garbage play caller and preparer, and he still does. Okay, just now that my brain's on it for a second, why in the why in the world? Are we bringing in Malik Willis on a third and two package? That was right. so yeah, I don't know how we didn't talk about that. I forgot about that play. That was the dumbest play call. That's the second time this year they've tried to do some cute, you know, just randomly bring in a quarterback on a third and two or something like really short. And we fumbled twice. Like, just don't do that. Don't put a cold guy in there and try and take a snap under center. And, oh, my gosh, just so stupid, just so stupid. The offense was rolling at that point, like, at least on that drive, playing pretty well. And you just – you throw something in there that was so unnecessary. So unnecessary. Anyway, anyway, forget that. That's not what today's show is about. Not a Todd Downing hate week. Um, although we are watching Todd. I know we won the, another game and we're a good team, but I'm, I'm not taking my eyes off this garbage no, offense. Definitely not. So – could bite us. Just saying, bite us in the these eyes. Yeah, it's definitely going to bite us in the butt. We're definitely going to lose in the playoffs at some point because we couldn't score enough points because our offense is garbage. Because people are calling our, out our plays before we're we gonna, snap yeah, the and ball. We're gonna, and we're going to face a really good defense 
Probably they get the uh, AFC is not really the tightest of defenses out there. I'll say that. Like I don't really know. I don't know. I think we'll have a shot in the playoffs. Not at two. I, I'm actually. We talked a lot about it at the beginning of the year. We just thought kind of we were what we were. We go to the playoffs, and I don't see anything that's daunting like yeah i'm not gonna say we're gonna win the super bowl but i'm not saying i won't go into each game thinking we could we can win, win. Yeah, yeah that's all i want is a thing like we can win our defense is good enough where we can win any game mm-hmm. that is good to know like that's good to have in the bag because you know somehow the offense can scratch together some points we can get a defense derrick henry's turnover. still good yeah like, we still have derrick freaking henry and he's gonna and it's not even d henber yet so like, things are gonna be good. Things are gonna be all right for the boys. We should have a you know as long as our receivers are healthy and we just gotta put up. If we can put up like twenty points, we probably are gonna win almost any game we play. <laughs> no, that's a that's a very good point. Like twenty is kind of the magical number because it's hard to get to twenty on this Titans defense, especially when it's healthy. Yeah. I mean, so, what was the score? What was the score of the Bengals game last year? How many did they end up scoring? 23. No, not even that much. It was like 19. 19 to 16, something like that. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I, mean, I think that is the score. I think it was 1916. Yeah, we had to have like a totally mediocre offensive game. Yeah. And like that might even be generous calling it mediocre. Like yeah. whatever. We gotta I gotta stop bringing that up. I just gotta forget well, about it. We we can't until that I think the only reason it can get brought up is like look. It doesn't really matter what seed we are this year. Like, we just got to go in and do better in the playoffs than we did last year. Like, it's awesome that we're going to be back in the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need to take that as Titans fans. We do not need to take that for granted. Just like, there were a lot of years we didn't even sniff the playoffs. Like, not even yeah. sniff the playoffs. So, the fact that we're a fixture, we're we're not just like someone who's been to the playoffs a couple of times. We're like, the Titans are going to be in the playoffs, you know? It's kind of like that is where we've elevated ourselves to. And once you get there, like, I try – our team's cohesive enough. They play team football enough to win something. Like and we had the right they, coach. Yeah, they're not the probably the greatest collection of talent. They really aren't. Um, now the defense talent's really high, but they're just not the greatest collection of talent ever put together. But they play really good team football, and you know I think that's could be beneficial. And just you just gotta win a few. Like it's not like. I think they've already shown this year they won what they've already had a five game winning streak. They're capable of winning yeah. several. That's what I always say. Like every year I look at the teams that have actually won what it takes to win in a row. Like, have you won four games in the NFL in a row? Like, okay, you're capable of pull, pulling it off. You're capable of putting it together week after week after week. And I think they are capable of putting together a good game plan and a, enough of a team win uh, to get. Now they're also capable of losing to anybody in the playoffs for sure. Um, but I think you win the, you win the division, win the first one at home and see what happens. You know, we'll get that first win at home, get that monkey off our back from last year's was bad. We've already brought it up. It's stung. It's, it's stuck with us. And it also probably caused a vast overreaction to the start of the year because that was the last thing in our mouth from last year. And then we started so bad and it was like, Oh, this is really ugly. Um, but I think we've ret- we've gone back to the mean of what Titans football is, which is a, a good competitive football team um, with the with enough star power and a strong enough defense to win against anybody. Um, 
going to be fun to see him compete in the playoffs. I mean, I am just happy to be here, you know, happy <laughs> to be here. Going to win another division three in a row AFC South. That is dominance, bro. That is, that is legit. We own the South right now. Um, and that is nothing to play with. That is nothing to play with. Um, so anyway, you know, got a few weeks left. Just clinch up this AFC South nice and easy. Let's go ahead and get this win on Thursday night. Let's get a little national TV win. Uh, we've missed our first two opportunities. And let's be honest. Okay, how kind of screwy is the, SC, the NFL schedule? And like, How are they screwing the Titans? You give us three national TV opportunities, and it's on the road in Buffalo, in Kansas City, and in Green Bay. Three of like the hardest places to play in the NFL. Are you kidding me? That actually yeah, is literally I, I, crazy. I, I thought about that before the season, but I'd even f- kind of forgotten about that till just this exact moment. But like, absolutely, how how are you screwing us? Like, how are you screwing us this bad? The only Whatever. way it could be worse is if you put them like all in December or something, and it was zero degrees outside. <laughs> For all of them. those three, it was back oh, to back to back. Yeah. Oh god. But that is kind now, of a shame. Screwed. Like zero. There may be one national TV game in Nashville this year, but the only time you're going to showcase the Titans are just on the road in the worst possible situations. <laughs> like the, probably the three hardest places maybe to play in the NFL legitimately. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. They're just cool. screwed us over. Schedule makers are not my friend right now at all. The SEC schedule makers for next year screwed the hogs so bad. And like, all I can do about it is scream and yell and be upset. Like, it's not going to change. We go on the road four one, – okay, one's technically Dallas. We play four straight SEC road games in four consecutive weeks. It is absolutely unreal how bad we got screwed. It's a long time away from home. Yeah. It's like – whatever. I don't even need to get irritated at it right now. I got plenty of time in the summer to get pissed off about that schedule. Oh, yeah. All right, well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Oh, oh, what what you got? What you got? Just, just I want to sit right here and just take a second to really drink it in. Like, how much can we appreciate this this nice weekend in October or in November? You know, we spend so much off season just thinking about these weeks, just thinking about being in season late in November, and and the Vols are even going for a chance at the Natty. Like, not only is it just are we excited to be in football season, like. We got a real and screw it. The Titans are legitimate, you know, contenders as well. Like we're in the thick of things, man. Just these are this is what we live this for. This is pure football. Let's, right let's just enjoy these last weeks, these here on out, and just love every second of it and come out on top. Get a shot at the playoff and why not win one? Why not win one? Screw it. I like it. The vault when when's Tennessee's next best chance to win a natty? Could be next year, but probably won't. Probably like, this is it. Go. Go win one now. <laughs> yeah. Please. That would be awesome. God. I George, it. you've already faced probably your toughest opponent. You have already faced your toughest opponent, and I guarantee you they think they can go toe-to-toe again. It's hard to beat a team twice, too. Yeah. It's very hard. So, just saying. This is this year could be all Tennessee. Oh. Not that was... Super Bowl. I mean, that'd be something else. I think we'll end on that. That's a high note to end on. Just that thought. I hope all our listeners yeah. Yeah. that are hopefully fans of both of those teams. We'll see. Not everyone is, obviously. But, guys, thanks again for listening. This has been Patriot Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Be sure to check them out, sixpackcoverage.com. 
on Instagram and Twitter at six pack coverage. Check us out on Twitter at paydirt underscore sports on Instagram at paydirt sports and the website paydirtsports.blog. That's getting hard to say. It turns into a tongue twister. Guys, thanks again for listening and we will see y'all next week. Paydirt out.